Salam everyone and welcome back to Nurain, the Two Lights podcast. My name is Sumeya and this is Asil. Um, and <laughs> this is now our third attempt <laughs> today. It's actually pretty interesting because um, we usually just like turn the mic on and just start talking and we don't edit anything out. We literally just go. So this is the first time in a while that we've had to like... <laughs> In our, yeah. in our defense, sometimes, some days are just harder to record than others, so yeah, bear with us. For sure, yeah, yeah. Or bear Seriously, with me Bear with us today. Um, yeah. Yeah, but it's just funny, because we, we really, like, we've kind of been on a streak of just, like, going, and we just don't even really care if you can hear, like, random stuff in the background. <laughs> the um, Yeah, the screaming, mostly, from our siblings. But anyway... Today, we are going to um, talk about, I guess, a whole bunch of things that hopefully will come together well, Um, but I really wanted to kind of make an episode on um, gender roles, and I know that that triggers a lot of people, especially in today's society, but in Islam, there are um, certain roles and expectations that are expected of men and certain roles and expectations that are um, expected of women to, um, you know, live up to. And we kind of see this as the foundation of establishing a family, right? A husband and a wife, what are their roles? What are their responsibilities as a father and a mother as well? Um, So there's, there's just kind of a lot that goes into that. And I think that Um, a lot of people in today's society, you know, like the feminist movement especially, is all for women, like, being, you know, super successful in a career sense, like, yes, go as far as you need to in your education and in your career, like, be a boss woman, whatever. Um, But then the second that a woman chooses to have a more traditional role in her family when she wants to stay home, when she doesn't want to provide financially, it's seen as like, why would you do that? Why would you just leave it to your husband to be the one who provides? Why are you just staying home? Blah, blah, blah. So there's a pretty big like stigma, I would say, in today's society when it comes to that. Um, and everyone expects women to um, to like move away from that so-called traditional gender role. Um, but I guess the purpose of this episode is to kind of tackle that and to understand, well, what does Islam expect from from the man? What does um, Islam expect from the women? And what are our opinions on how this whole thing... um, I don't know, because a lot of people, like, will be like, oh, that's so oppressive. Like, why do you want to stay home? That's so constricting. Like, that's so restrictive. Um, but we're just going to kind of talk a lot about our opinions on that. So this episode, I don't think is going to be based on too much, um, like evidence, like we were just talking about, you know, there's not too many things that we're going to bring in from like the Quran or the Sunnah, but there are some things and we'll kind of use that as our base. But for the most part, I think this is just a conversation that we're going to have based on our opinions, um, that are definitely backed by, Islam and also by what we've seen in our own families. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and pass it on to <coughs> Asil and I don't know, maybe you can start us off with your opinion on this whole thing. Like, do you think that being a housewife is 
restrictive like everyone says it is or do you think it's necessary or do like what what is what do you want I guess (laughs) okay so after like the third time of trying to get this episode going I can actually think about this because this is a really I think this is a topic that Sumeya and I often discuss a lot with each other it's just like our expectations of ourselves in the future and I think I'm speaking on my behalf but I feel like Sumeya can also agree um more recently, I don't know what more recently means, but within the last year, I think that our perceptions of what we expect our futures to look like and our expectations of ourselves have drastically changed. And what I mean by that is like, at least prior, um, in the last couple years or so, I used to really think that, I used to go on with society's ideology. I don't want to say of femininity because I didn't, I can never say that word, but I didn't necessarily agree with all of that, but I did see the aspects of being like an independent, you know, woman who like, you know, is going to like become successful on her own before she like settles down and all of these things. That was like, like, that's just the way the majority of people think. They're like, oh, we don't need no mans. And then you realize like, oh, okay. But like, that's, that's what society thinks. And to a point where it's almost, it's almost now it's becoming stigmatized to just want to be a housewife and just a mother and like kind of realign with those traditional I'm not going to use the word gender roles but like those traditional concepts that have been implemented in society for generations and generations and generations it it wasn't until only recently when this movement of um men and women I a woman can do this just as much as a man if not more and women need to rule the world and all of these things and I didn't necessarily understand why those things weren't correct until rather recently i've i've become i've become to learn and my ideas have changed where first of all being a traditional housewife is perfectly fine there's nothing (laughs) wrong with that that doesn't mean don't get an education that doesn't mean don't try to be successful but it's more about where your priorities are at and i think as i've gotten older over the last couple years i think since maybe last two years or so i've begun to realize that my Everything that I plan for for my future, number one, has to align with my goals for the Akhira. So prior, right, I might have had like this whole, oh, I want to, you know, go into the medical field and do X, Y, and Z. And there's nothing wrong with that. If that is what your heart is set on, that is perfectly great, right? But I began to realize that that goal of wanting to do that and like, build myself up and build my career up before I have a family and all of these things, I started to realize that wasn't necessarily aligning with the goals that I had in mind for the Akhirah, right? I realized that your children, they're your, they're a, um, they're your prodigy, they're, they're a continuation of your legacy. Um, and no amount of success in this worldly life, as soon as you die, like, okay, that success might continue just for a little bit, but really it's what your family, it's the community that you've built and that you've fostered in your own home that's what really sticks. That's where you get your sadaqah jahriya from. That's that's what matters is when you raise children on the deen and you and you foster a um, relationship between a husband and wife. That's that's main connection is is Islam and all of these things, and you're doing that all for the sake of Allah and no other reasons. I mean, okay, of course, everyone has. I feel like wants to like hopefully have a family, but when when your main sole focus is Allah subhanahu wa taala in those relationships then everything else is going to fall into place. And I began to realize that, and I started to stray away from this concept of of um, 
women being independent and, you know, being perfectly financial on her own and she doesn't need, like, I strayed away from those concepts and ideologies and I began to realize that, that what I'm working towards now on myself is just making sure that I fit into the role that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created me for as a woman. You know, as, as we get older and all of these things, you know, you're, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created women with certain features so that way they can have children. That's the whole, that's the purpose of a woman, I think, is to have children, is to raise them. You have those motherly tendencies and all of those things. It's embedded within your DNA. It's, it's a part of you. It's a piece of you. And it's something that we shouldn't, um, try to like let go of and just, I don't know, I suppose just discard our like, like, look, down upon, look down upon it for this whole new ideology which don't get me wrong i'm not looking down upon anyone that that thinks those things and that doesn't want to settle down and that really really values their careers i'm not i'm not here to diminish anyone's perspectives on anything this is just my own personal opinion and it's that i want i want i began to realize that i need to have a future that inshallah pleases allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and part of doing that is to really just be a become like like I don't know develop skills and stuff so I can become a good wife and inshallah a really good mother who dedicates her children to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala um so I think that's that's my sum of answer of kind of this the similarities and differences between what society expects of us and what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala what islamically is expected of us and I'm trying to really realign and direct my my focus on those Islamic concepts and those, those Islamic goals when it comes to having a family and when it comes to a future. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I agree with everything that um, Asil mentioned. I think that as she was talking in the beginning, she said um, how society, you know, wonders why you want to be like just a mother or just a wife. And I think that that terminology is just so... It is so, what, I don't even know what the word is, but it, it like decreases the magnitude of the role that you have as a wife and a mother. Why are we saying that you're just a mom? You know, because being a mother is literally the hardest thing you will ever do in your entire life. And that is the most difficult job that anyone can have in their entire life. We're not parents, so we can't even speak on that we can't even begin to understand what it actually feels like to be a mother but being a mother is the only job that you literally do 24 7 that you do not get paid for you're not just a mom right you're a mother but you're also a nurse but you're also a caregiver but you're also a cook but you're also cleaning but you you're doing so many things and you have to completely be selfless in order to do that so I, I think that it's really problematic that people, when they use this terminology, they're like, just a mom. You want to just be a mom. You want to just be a housewife, blah, blah, blah. I think that we have to change the wording that we use because being a mother is huge. It's not just anything. That, that really diminishes the role completely. So that's the first thing that I want to say. And, and that's so ingrained in society that everyone like almost um, gets taken aback when when someone is like, oh, well, actually, like, my end goal is to be, inshallah, like, a mother. Everyone's like, are you sure? Like, that's that's all you want to do? You know, that's that's it? Um, but I think that that's really problematic by itself. Um, and then as Asil was talking, obviously, um, she alluded to this, this fact that Islamically, it is more expected of a woman to be, like, 
more of a nourisher, right? So taking care of her, um, of her family and her children. Um, so that means that, yes, she will be most likely the one who is staying at home more with the kids. And I think that that also triggers a lot of people. Like, why do you have to be so like, you know, why do you have to be at home? Why can't he be at home? Why can't you both work? Whatever. Um, and I'll speak on the Islamic perspective. Allah tells us specifically in the Quran that, that men are supposed to be the caretakers of women and they're supposed to be financially responsible for them. And so already there's this baseline established where Allah tells us that as a man, you're supposed to take care of your woman. And that doesn't just mean a husband to a wife, right? As a woman, and I, I think that this also makes a lot of feminists very angry, but you do go from being in the care of your father to being in the care of your husband. Like that, that, that fact that you, that you're taken care of, that's not because you're incapable. That's not because you're being limited in your capacities and that you're not being seen as equal to a man. Like it's simply because Allah recognizes the value of women and how precious women are. And there is a wisdom behind why they are being taken care of, right? In that sense. Um, so men do have that expectation to financially provide for their households as a father, right? Or as a husband or whatever. And so I think that having these distinct roles is really important because if a man is out and he is working, you know, to, to provide for the family financially, then who is going to be at home with the kids? Who's going to be taking care of the house? Whatever. Just like all of these things. Um, and so... I like lost my train of thought because yeah. of course I did. Um, <laughs> I don't know why this happens so much. Like I'll be like, I don't even know what I'm talking about anymore. Um, but, but yeah, I can't remember. <laughs> no, you're good. I have a couple of things. So first, I think the ayah that you're referencing was from Surah Tanisa, the yeah. 35th ayah or 34th ayah, I think. Just so if you guys want to go and look at the entire ayah because the ayah continues to go more in depth about that and I think it's it's pretty beautiful but that's not necessarily the premise of this episode um but you can check it out maybe we can make an episode about the value of women later but I think another thing too you're talking about kind of moving this care over from the father's household to the to the to the husband's household and I think that's something that a lot of people like again just from I guess a western feminist point of view they look down upon that they're like oh well then you're oppressed because you know you have to follow your what your dad says and then you have to follow what your husband says you don't get a chance to be free and independent and like I've, I've definitely have seen conversations about that before and there is a hadith that I kind of wanted to just talk about real fast it says um fear Allah regarding women verily you have married them with the trust of Allah and made their bodies lawful with the word of Allah you have got rights over them and they have got rights over you they have gotten rights over you so I think that's something else that we tend to forget about is just as men have rights over us in certain things or your husbands have rights over you in certain things you also have rights over them it's a balance you know and I think that's something that people in the West tend to disregard. They'll like take one part of the message and completely throw away the other part of it. But the reality is in Islam, everything everything has a balance. We are meant to balance each other. We are meant to um, take care of one another and inshallah become gateways of Jannah for each other. I think that's something that we often forget. And, and part of that is 
is that role at the house. It doesn't mean that if you choose to have a career or you have to have a career that you should feel bad about that. Absolutely not. Everyone has different paths in life. But when it comes to when it comes to being at home, like somebody was saying, recognize the value of that. Literally, your sole job is to focus on your children, on your offspring, you know, the child that you carried for nine months and gave birth to, and you dedicated your life, not dedicated your life to them, but you dedicated your time and energy towards towards these these creations of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that Allah has gifted you with. First of all, recognize that being able to start a family and being able to have children is a gift. Not everyone gets that privilege. Um, unfortunately so if you're given that that chance take it you know and it might be scary it might be hard like somebody is saying we've never been mothers before but we can only imagine like going there's no handbook there's no like you know one-on-one well, I'm sure now there is but there's no like literal one-on-one class of how to become a good mother you know you're gonna make mistakes you're gonna slip up but what you know is that you've you've basically You've been gifted this creation from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you want to foster them to the best of your ability so that they can also serve Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know, if you want to make sure that you in- embed the love of the Qur'an with them, you have to be able to spend time with them. You have to be able to, to grow that with them. So that way, inshallah, they c- it can be returned upon you and they can crown beautiful light, uh, crowns of light on your head on the day of judgment. And then they, they can help raise you in ranks as well. You know, we have to realize that there might not be a monetary, um, a monetary reimbursement, <laughs> I guess, for having kids. If anything, it's the opposite. Um, and it can drain you and it can really, like somebody was talking about the concept of selflessness. I can, selflessness, I can see that with my own mother, right? They'll do anything for their kids, but it's because they know that they might not have that full compensation in this life, but in the next, it's, it's, it's beyond bounds. It's beyond measures. It's, it's extraordinary what you'll be gifted. Um, so what, if you ever get that opportunity and as women, we are in such a beautiful position only women can have children right that gift is not given to a man he can provide for the family he can make sure that he takes <laughs> somebody is making me laugh he can you know take care of them make sure that you guys have that financial and stable life which i don't i mean i can't personally speak on because i'm not a dude so i don't know what that what what that feeling of responsibility must feel like and i'm sure it's it's vast you know but you want to make sure that, that person that is that is giving you that chance of of having a stable life also needs to be taken care of too. You know, it's not like, oh, he's a man, he can go get up and cook. Like, dude, if, you know, maybe pack him a lunch before he goes off to work. <laughs> like, I'm just saying, like, it's not, you it's know, not it's... that you're succumbing to them. It's that, or that you're like worshiping them, or obeying right, them. Right, it's that right. you're recognizing them and you're appreciating them for what they're doing for you, what they're doing for your livelihood. And you want to also repay the favor. So being a good wife and a and a nourishing mother it's not that you're doing it for the sake of your of your mans it's that you're doing it for the sake of Allah and you know that the reward is going to be so so vast inshallah um so I think I just rambled but that's just kind of my perspective it's just like you know we shouldn't look down upon those women in in the world who who just want to show appreciation to the person that's giving them a fine a, a stable life and wants to take care of the children that they that they birthed. You know what I mean? Like I don't know how else to say that, but yeah. Yeah. I think I was going to say I think it's going to be so interesting to like listen back to this I've episode never listened and to if, this episode. No, but like imagine in a few years if you are married and you do have kids and then you're listening back and being like I had no idea what I was talking about. <laughs> I feel like, okay, we 
you know, don't it's, have it's insight. Funny. It's just like <laughs> this is a foreshadowing thing. Yeah. Okay. Obviously, Samaya and I are in no position of getting married anytime soon or having kids anytime soon. You know. But like, think about it. When yeah, you're yeah. in your twenties, yeah, like your body sure. like changes. Like you know, so you can be ready to have a kid. Yeah. You know, Allah's like preparing you for that. Yeah. So take it with yeah. Take it with honor. <laughs> There's a couple points I wanted to make, but I think I, I'm trying to remember. I think I said the word nourishing earlier, and I meant to say nurturing. Just wanted to like clarify. Um, also, I think something else that's important to kind of bring into this discussion is this idea, and we we we've been talking about the differences and expectations for the man and the woman and their roles in the family. Um, modern day feminism again wants to make men and women like, on equal footing. They want a woman to be just like a man. And in Islam, we are seen as equal in the eyes of Allah, right? Men and women are on... They're they're of equal standing when it comes to being able to progress, right? Allah tells us that the believing men and the believing women, and there's a whole list, like, there is no discrimination based on gender with who can get closer to Allah. So, in the eyes of Allah, men and women are equal, but we're not the same. And I think that that is something that that people nowadays try to push for so much is they want a woman to be just like a man. And they, as a woman, want to be just like a man. And it's just kind of like, why do you want to be like a man? You know? Like, I don't want to be like a man. I really don't. And I don't want to be seen as the same as a man. Equal in terms of respect, yes. Equal in terms of... Um, being like being regarded as equal in in abilities. Yes, I don't ever want to be seen as inferior to a man. That's not what I'm what, what I'm talking about at all. But I'm not the same as a man. And I don't think that the expectation is that we should be the same as men. Because just I mean even from a biological factor we're different. From a psychological perspective, we're also very different. From an emotional perspective, we're very different. We're not the same as each other. A man is not the same as a woman. A woman is not the same as a man. We have been created and tailored to fit into the roles that are, I would say, expected of us Islamically, right? So a lot of people will say, yeah, like women are more like emotionally intelligent and that's why they make good mothers or whatever. And I'm not going to go into all these factors because that's really not the point. But the point is like, Stop trying to see yourself as equal to a man or the same as a man, right? Don't settle for unequal treatment. Don't settle for unequal pay, you know? Like, I don't think that's right either. But don't try to, like, let go of your femininity to be, like, a man. Because your role is not that of a man. And his role is not that of yours, right? So that's kind of the first baseline thing um, that we just need to understand, especially as Muslim women, like we don't need to be like a man, you know, we have been put under the care of men and that's for a reason. And to me personally, I don't see anything wrong with that. I don't feel oppressed by that. I don't feel like that's unfair. If anything, that makes me, um, recognize like how, how valuable we're actually supposed to be treated as, right? And I think when you have these notions and these understandings, of your faith and of why Allah, you know, perhaps like made things in a certain way, it makes you a lot more confident in who you are as a woman too. And it makes you know, like, what treatment am I going to expect from people? Right? So, so yeah, that's the first thing. The second thing, 
Um, Asil kind of touched on this earlier, but I guess I wanted to give my perspective a little bit more. Um, obviously, so Asil and I, we are in in school, and, and none of what we're saying right now is to say, like, you shouldn't try in school or that you shouldn't seek um, academic success or anything like that. Um, because we don't, we don't believe that. We don't believe that you should like be a dropout. Okay. Just cause you're going to be a mom. Like, no. Um, and it actually bothers me when I see certain girls like graduate high school and they don't even go to college because they're just thinking I'm going to get married and that's it. I don't think that's the attitude that you should have. Of course, everyone does what they feel comfortable with, but personally, I don't agree with that right now. And I think that, and Asid, Asid brought up this idea of priorities earlier right now, because I am not in a position where I'm married or even getting married anytime soon or seriously going to start a family, right? My priority right now is my education. And that's because I don't have any other real priority to worry about. Like again, in terms of a wife or or being a mother. So I think that for me personally, as of right now, my energy and my focus is going into my education. And for people that know me, they know that my education and my academic success is something that is very, very important to me. So because I'm at the place that I am at right now, that is my main focus. My main focus is to progress through my education. And I do have a goal to be highly educated. Um, And that's something I want to pursue for sure. Inshallah, I mean, I always like just make so much job that I'm able to actually do that. I want to excel academically. I absolutely do. And again, because that is my focus right now, I am pouring my energy into that because I'm not a wife. I'm not a mother. I have the ability right now to almost be selfish in my time, right? And be able to pursue the things that I want to pursue. When you get married, when you have kids, you can't actually do that anymore, right? You don't, it's not just about you anymore, right? It's about you. It's about another person. It's about your kids, whatever. So I think that you should absolutely take advantage of the time that you have and not sit here and just like, because I don't want people to misunderstand us and, and, and say like, oh, women should just stay home and they should not be educated and they should just wait for their Prince Charming to come around and whatever. Like it's not a, it's not a fairy tale, obviously. So I don't know if I'm making any sense, but but yeah, I, I think that with the capacity that you've been given, you should pursue what you're meant to pursue at this particular point in time. Now, with all of that being said, you know how I was talking about, I do want to excel in my in my career and I do want to go far in my um, in my education. My main goal in life is to be a good wife and a good mother. So people might be like, oh, well, that's kind of counter like how are you going to excel in your education? How are you going to go far in your education? And then just what you're going to like give that all up to become a mother. Um, the answer is yes. (laughs) I've been quiet for so long, but no, the answer literally is yes. And it's not even about giving it up. It's about a shift in priorities. So whenever it's meant for me to get married, inshallah, and whenever it's meant for me to have kids, I want to be able to dedicate myself to those two roles, right? And that's why for me, and I, I hope I don't look back at this and like roll my eyes, but like, I don't think I'm okay with getting married to a man who expects me to financially provide as well. And I know that that might be a huge, huge trigger for some girls. Some girls are going to be like, what is wrong with you? But I genuinely don't care. Um, 
I don't think I could be with a man who expects me, like goes into the marriage expecting me to provide for the family as well. And that's that's not a selfish thing. It's not a it's not even about the money. Like I don't even care. It's not about the fact that like if I make my own money, I want to keep it. That's not the point. The point is the point is Allah gave you a responsibility and Allah gave me a responsibility and I want to fill my my role to the best of my ability. And even though my academic success is so incredibly important to me, I know that inshallah if I'm ever given the blessing of being a mother, that that is what I want to focus all of my energy and time on because I've seen the impacts of that. My own mother did that with all of her kids. My mom had me when she was pretty young, okay? And she dedicated her life to me and my brothers after that. And she does work now, okay? She did go back to school and she does work now. And she always tells me I should finish my schooling before I have kids. But, but she made a huge difference in our lives. And I know Asil can say the same thing about her own mother. Our moms stayed at home with us. They taught us everything that we know. They gave us our foundation. They gave us our baseline. They worked with us. We would not be the people that we are today if our moms dropped us off at daycare and then came and picked us up at four every day. And I don't want to shame any mother who does that because I understand there's so many different circumstances. Like if you're a single mom, obviously do what you have to do. If you have to provide for your household alongside your spouse, do what you have to do. I understand how much of a blessing it is to even be able to stay home as a mother. Like that's a big blessing because not every mother is able to do that. But I recognize the value of what my mom did for me. That was honestly one of the biggest gifts that she gave me is staying at home with me and working with me and working with my brothers, right? That is what put us ahead in school. That's what like, that's what gave us our love for the deen. That's what taught us what there is to know about Islam, about the Quran. My mom taught me how to read English and Arabic and Quran. And she was my first Quran teacher. Like all of these things, right? I've also seen the opposite. I've seen where people in my family have just prioritized their career over their children. They take their, their kids to daycare or to their grandparents or whatever. And they don't, they don't raise their kids, they, they are not the ones that are raising their children. And I've seen how detrimental that is to the child. I've seen how detrimental that is to the child. And so for me personally, again, like I said, even though my academic success is important to me, it's important to me right now because that's what I'm focusing on. Eventually, my focus, inshallah, is going to shift to being able to be a, like, a wife that Allah is pleased with and a mother that Allah is pleased with. I want to be a mother according to Allah's guidelines. I want to be a wife according to Allah's guidelines. And I honestly want to leave behind my kids as a legacy. Like that, if I'm able to raise kids who are righteous and who stay on the deen and who are able to pass that on to their children, I will consider that to be the biggest success in my life. Not some degree that I have, not some diploma that I have, not the amount of money that I was making, any of that. Even though that's important to me right now, my biggest goal, and I think the thing that will make me feel like I really excelled in this life and was able to achieve success is if I'm able to raise kids on this faith. So I think that that is the point. It's not because I want to stay home and I don't want to go work it's not because I don't want to help provide money. It has nothing to do with that. 
It's the fact that I understand the importance and the necessity of having a figure at home. And honestly, it's not the same when the dad stays home. Like it's just, it's really not because again, we're different. I understand that if I want my kids to turn out a certain way, I have to work with them. I have to be there with them. I have to do things with them. I have to teach them. And that's important to me. And I don't think anyone should be looked down upon for thinking that way. There are plenty of hadith where the Prophet is talking about the value of a mother. I mean, Jannah lies under the feet of the mother, right? That's one. The other one is a man came to the Prophet and asked him, like, who should I basically love the most or who should I care for the most, right? And he said, your mother, your mother, your mother, three times. And then he mentioned your father. The reason why the mother is so important is because of of what I was just talking about, because she's able to stay at home with the kids and to give them that attention, to give them the wisdom and the knowledge and everything that they need to give them a foundation. So I know that me and Asid completely agree on this. And that's what that's how we see it. We don't see it as something that's a burden. We don't see it as something that's Um, constrictive. We don't see it as something that's oppressive that, oh my gosh, we have to stay home. This is a choice that we're making for our families. Inshallah, the families that we don't even have. But inshallah, that that is the choice we're making so that we are able to bring light into this world. I mean, honestly, the world is so dark and even a lot of Muslims are just like, I don't even know, like you see a lot of the Muslim countries now and what they're doing and whatever. If we want the legacy of Islam to continue and if we want true Muslims to be left on this earth. And if we want to be reunited with our families in Jannah, you have to be willing to make this kind of a sacrifice. I know that being a mother, like my mom always tells me, being a mother is the hardest thing you'll ever do in your life. And I know it's gonna take away from your time. It's gonna take away from your energy. A lot of um, moms are not able to do pretty much anything for themselves. And that's difficult. I'm sure it's gonna be so hard when I'm actually experiencing it, inshallah. But it's a sacrifice I am willing to make if that means that my kids get to be pleasing to Allah. And I need a man who's okay with me doing that. Yeah, no, I mean, I agree with you. I do agree with you for a lot of the things you were said. So one thing that you kind of um, alluded to earlier was you were talking about success and how some people are like, oh, you're just going to throw away your education for what, having kids. And I think that's something that honestly frustrates me and makes me really upset because there's no such thing as throwing away your education. Right, of course. It's called, you know, you read a book. Okay, when you're done with the book and you pick up a new book to read, are you throwing away the old book? No, you're just putting it back on the shelf. Like, you, okay, you got what you needed from that book. You got, you know, whatever story you, you, you were invested in or maybe it was um, maybe it was a nonfiction you were learning about something. Okay, you put that up, right? And so the same thing comes with this. Like, you're not, it's exactly as Sumayya was saying, you're not... Success doesn't just equate to worldly sense, right? Or money. Or like. money. It's not monetary. It's not It's not just, okay, success just means me, myself, and I. I disagree with that a lot. I think that the term success is a very subjective term. And I think the way you define your own personal success really um, is influenced by the environment that you were raised in by your childhood and by the examples that you saw. So my definition of success, and I think that's that's kind of what we're alluding to this entire time, is just like, okay, we're talking about our futures. What what seems like a successful 
most prominent future for our for us and for me and I think Somaya can also agree like we've been saying this whole time is success in my eyes is being able to foster and create a family and being the glue of a family um, who dedicates their relationships with one another with one another for the sake of Allah. It is a family who makes sure they take time they take time out for one another, to make sure they take time out for the community as well. You know, I personally Samaya was talking a lot of the ways about her mother how impacted her. And the same thing applies to me, but also my father, especially like the both of them, the tag team, right? Of my course, dad yeah. yeah yeah and I think that's something that yeah, obviously yeah, yeah. we're focusing more on the mother's roles right now, but I really want to allude to that because I think the same feminists that are, that are frowning upon women who want to fit into the more traditional housewife and mother roles are the same women or the same feminists who also think that, oh, when a dad comes home after an eight to five shift, he's babysitting his kids. They, right. they label it like that and they downgrade the little time that a father spends with their child. And we have to realize, first of all, going to work from eight to five or for however a full day's worth of work is not the funnest thing it's not something that everyone is necessarily wants to do some people live to work other people work to live and we have to recognize that i think that obviously if a father is the main provider and 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 financial support for a household he's gonna have to go to work he's not gonna spend as much time with his children and you have to give him grace for that Right, but when the time he does have with his kids, you also need to re- respect that. Like, wait, it's not just, oh, you're babysitting your kids. Like, that's ridiculous. And honestly, that bothers me. That bothers me so much. It's like you can't expect him to spend the equal amount of time at work as he does at home with his kids. Like, that's not, it's not physically possible. possible. Right. Yeah. But going back into that, you know, you need to make sure that once you are enter a like and not necessarily just enter a marriage, but enter that next stage of your life where you're ready to have kids and you're ready to get married and all of those things, you know that you and your spouse are going to be tag teaming with one another. You and your spouse are going to be an example for your children. They're going to learn their love through for the dean through the experiences that they have with you, through the experiences and them watch and observing the way the dean is the 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 the. the your love for Allah is that string between you and your husband. Is that is that is that connection? You know they're gonna see and they're gonna want to also be part of the community that you're serving, right? Becoming a mother is not a selfish thing. You know why? Because you're not only I don't want to say you're not only being a mother to your own children, but you're in a way becoming a motherly, a motherly figure to the other children in the community as well. You know, Samaya's mom, for, like Samaya's mom and my mom, I feel like we were like. Because, you know, when they did, when we did see each other in the summer and all of these things, it was like, okay, I saw my mom, I saw my aunt, and then I saw Samaya's mom, you know? So she also influenced me as well. My mom, she used to work at the schools that we went to, that we went to, so she could make sure that the influences around us were were good, you know? She used to, at one point, she just dropped everything and was going to homeschool us, even to the point where now, like, she's decided to rebuild uh, her, her career and all these things, and I'm so proud of her, and I tell her that you... You inspire me every day. But she's telling me, like, in a heartbeat, if I have to stop my career to homeschool your youngest sister or something like that, I will do it for her because that is her number one priority. That is her number one goal, right? But also in the sense of she's spending time with us, she's also, she's also, we're also seeing her interactions and your, and my father's interactions are, you know, 
in the case of the way we were talking, like our perspective, your and your spouse's interactions with the community. Your children are going to want to learn how to, how to, how to, um, wow, how to is, is just keeps going on repeating that. <laughs> how to serve your community with one another. They see what you do for others. They see the way others love you because of what you do for them. You know, and they're going to want to, they're going to want to grow up to that expectation. They see your service, and so they want, to, they see that as a role model, and they want to one day, inshallah, um, replicate that. At least that's what happened for me, right? Both of my for parents sure. were very active in their communities. Um, you know, my dad, ever since I was nine years old, he ran Boy Scouts, whether it was in Texas or here. You know, they they used to do pre-Islamic presentations all the time. Like I have pictures with them at these events and all of these things, and I remember some of them, right? But as a mother, right, if you choose to have kids and all this, and then you, you leave your home to go serve to go have a job and say you're in the medical field or say you're a teacher or something like that and you're serving the community yes you're still doing good for others yes which is great your kids don't see that so they don't get the direct influence that they would if you were at home with them if you were at home fostering that relationship and showing them that you know you know that that um Wow, my brain. Today is just that day. Uh, to, sh- to show them that, you know, you've dedicated yourself to them, but also to your Muslim community around you so they can see the direct influence and impact you have on other people. Samaya said something the other day, and it really, it stuck with me. She was like, I hope to to inspire and be inspired. And that's something that I was thinking about it. That is, that is what I want to be as a mom, right? I want to inspire my children to be the best that they can possibly be. I want to inspire them to, from right now, I'm like, give me righteous, a righteous house, a husband and a righteous, and a righteous children, right? Because I want that relationship that I build in that home and that family that I create, inshallah, to be all for the sake of Allah. And I want to inspire my children to continue my legacy, to continue to be as amazing as they can possibly be. And I'm talking about kids that are not in existence yet, but inshallah, I pray that, you know, that's a gift that's going to be oh given gosh, to imagine me. Imagine our future kids listening to this. They're going to be like, oh my God, right? <laughs> but um, where was I going with that? But I also know that as a mother, you have a crucial role where you're also being inspired from your children. My mom tells me every single day, I learn things from, not every single day, but she tells us that she learns things from us every single day. And that's something we also have to realize is you're in that unique role. Recognize that and see that, okay, I'm inspiring my children to do good, but they're also inspiring me to be the best mom that I can possibly For be. For sure. Right? We're not perfect. That's not the way that's not the way Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala created us. Like I always say, trying to become perfect is, is almost selfish in a sense, but doing your best for your kids is as close to perfect as you can possibly get. You're going back in tune with your original purpose in your original nature now before obviously like if when you first get into a marriage you're not gonna have kids right away i, I would think some people do that but like you know but that's <laughs> my mom <laughs> some people do that and that's totally cool for me i probably wouldn't but like if you're still young of course still be there to support your family still be there or support you and your husband it's just the two of you you know you need to get a job you get that job like i personally i don't see a problem with that it's as soon as i know that there's going to be a third person entering that picture and there's going to be a child entering that picture that's when i drop everything for that yes that's when i say okay you are my priority right yes and my relationship and then you also have to show your kids you have to show your kids what love is all about you have to show them what loving each other is all about and so that way loving your community is all about loving allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is all about but if neither parents are home your kids are not going to learn that you know? Yeah. And there's a there is an ayah and it's in Surah Al-Baqarah and I'm trying to I'm trying to remember exactly how it goes, but it's like um um 
the women are garments garments for for you men and your you you men are garments for you women um so i think that's how the ayah goes i think it's like ayah 187 or something like that but that's really what your relationship with a with a potential with a spouse is all about right and we have a whole episode about that called um a righteous family but that that's what it's when it's talking about being a garment covering each other it's that you support each other you help one another you are there for one another. you are an essential part of each other's lives um in in a way that other people other people can't you have that fostered you have that special that special connection you know you want to be a gateway of jannah for that person you want to um you want to open doors you want to you want to foster good and and build this um build this legacy of success with one another you know as my mom always tells me she says you and this whole episode is just me quoting my mom but she says um men and women weren't created to compete with one another we were we were created to complete one another and this kind of goes back into that whole concept that Sumaya was talking about earlier where um where what did she say earlier she said something along the lines, we're not com- complete with another. Oh, she said, we're not trying to be like one another. We're not trying to be women who are trying to be men. We're not trying to take their roles. That's not, that's not what Islamically, that's not the way it should be. It's that, okay, you strive for success and you strive for things, these things, but know that where your, where your spouse lacks, you, you should be strong in. And where you lack, your spouse should be strong in. The same thing comes, applies to, to, to your roles in your family, right? Your husband's not at home because he's he's um, supplying for the family. So you need to be at home to create that loving environment. You need, he's the one that supplies the income to be able to afford a house. You are the one that's creating that house a home, right? I think that's something that we tend to we tend to forget. We tend to see that at least in our gen in the generation that Smaya and I are in, you know, as being young adults and, and teenagers, we um. We tend to see that the the society that we live in, um, it's like it's like you, you complete you compete with one another. You keep going, you keep going, you keep going, and then once you finally get into a a, um, a, a relationship, a, I mean like a, a family, and you settle down, it becomes a chore, right? And Islam tells us that that's not that's not necessarily the case. And then the last thing I kind of so that goes back to the A that I was mentioning. And then the last thing I kind of want to talk about is talk about and Sumaya alluded to this was that in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala men and women are seen are seen equally right and so the ayah that she was talking about it was in Surah Al-Ahzab um ayah 35 I think that's the one that she was saying had that long lifts um and the believing men and the believing women all of those qualities it's like all of these qualities that make that make a good Muslim and it's going both ways and first of all the reason why that was revealed was there's some context to that right um there was a Sahaba who came to the Prophet and was like, why is it only men that are mentioned in the Qur'an? Like, linguistically speaking, why is it only referring to men? And so then this ayah was set down in a response is whenever it says that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is talking to both of us, but like, you know, it's just more concise with just using one It's one an Arabic language. Yeah, it's a linguistic thing. thing. Yeah. But at the end of the um at the end of that ayah it says, For them Allah has prepared forgiveness and a great reward. And I think that's something we have to realize is as women in Islam, uh, we 
we have a beautiful and unique status, right? Samaya was saying earlier that uh, the Jenna lies under a mother's feet. But even as a daughter, right? If a father has two daughters and takes care of them, they will be in like in a befitting way. They he they will be gateways. They will be doors for Jannah for him, right? Yes. And then the same thing for like a wife. I mean, you you become half of. It's like when you get married, you're completing that second half of your faith, right? And then the same thing. So women, just because we have these societal these Islamic constructs that don't necessarily fit in with the new societal stru- constructs doesn't mean that it's incorrect. It doesn't mean that they're incompatible or backwards. Yeah, it's like, not backwards oh whatsoever. Gosh. If anything, you come to see the beauty of that. I mean, like, does anywhere in society shows that like the daughters are going to be a gateway for a father? If anything, like, man, daughters are such a headache. They spend money, they buy lots <laughs> of clothes. Like that's what people say about us, and and they're not wrong. And I mean, okay, to an extent, they're <laughs> not wrong, joking, but we're not I'm like. Okay, sure, we do buy a lot of clothes. <laughs> and sometimes anyway. we can give people headaches. But, like, as daughters, right? But people tend to degrade the roles that we have. People don't want you to be a wife. They just want you to be a boyfriend, girlfriend. So that way, you know, it's not something you have to stay committed to. Right. And then, you know, being a mother is such a headache and this and that. Oh, my God, your kids are going to tear you apart. would you want to give up your entire life <laughs> and you're gonna, for these kids? Right? Yeah. But, and so they think that they're empowering us like that. But in reality, reality, they're degrading the status that was given to us, a godly status. It was given to us by God. You know, I think that's something that we have to realize. As... As, and I'm specifically talking right now, I need to stop talking, I've been talking for like 15 minutes, but specifically to the Muslim women who are listening to this, right? And to the ones that kind of frowned, frowned upon the idea of having kids and, you know, taking care of them like that. Um, we have to realize that the, the, the criteria that society gives us is, does not amount to anything compared to the criteria that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave us and we know we talked about in our last episode <clears throat> that what was it called life and death something like that it was that sort of and i am um life and death for his sake something, or something like that i honestly can't remember yeah. now but we were talking about how in that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created this perfect path and for you as a woman right for someone who is given these 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 abilities and you know to to foster inshallah create a family um that is part of your perfect path so embrace it you know don't look at it with with a with your nose turned up and you see that as something disgusting or you see that as something degrading it's the complete opposite you know being a wife being a mother and focusing your priorities on that so that way inshallah you can bring people to jannah with you is such a gift it is such a blessing and we especially as this younger generation we need to turn this narrative around about about families and starting families and quote-unquote settling down and all of these things. We need to change the narrative on that. And I think recently, I don't know if it's that the algorithm is tied more towards what I want to see or what, but what I do know is this. I do know that that more and more people are starting to come to the realization that as women, we don't need to be the one. We don't need to provide only for ourselves. We're not, you know, no human is self-sufficient. We have to rely on one another. And there's nothing wrong with creating and building that relationship with someone where you rely on him and he relies on you. And then when you have kids, they rely on the both of you. Yes. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. And we really, we need to break that stigmatism. And I think Samaya and I just talking about our perspectives in this episode just comes to just comes to show that, you know, not necessarily the world. The world is changing, right? But sometimes we have to hold on to these core values. 
And just like how we say we have to hold on to the Qur'an and we have to hold on to the Sunnah and all these things, we also have to hold on to the responsibilities that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has bestowed upon us. And everything we're talking about right now is is part of those responsibilities. So, I would say don't let society change the beauty of what what's been given to you or what is potentially expected of you. Just because society looks down upon something doesn't mean that it's actually bad. I mean, you you see how women these days in the common society, where do they get their value from? They get their value from showing off their bodies, from selling their bodies. You know, and that's if if that's something people want to do, like I'm not going to speak on that, but do you think that's right? You know, when has society been right about everything. I mean, to be honest, most of the things that are norms in society, I would not view as something that's correct. I would view that as backwards, but then they want to look at us as the backwards one, right? So don't let society change the beauty of something because a lot of the time what they think is not what's actually true. Um, Way back a few minutes ago when Asid first started talking, she mentioned... Sorry. No, no, you're good. You mentioned the role of the father as well. And so me talking about raising kids, I'm not trying to say that the father is insignificant in that role. Um, I think for sure, like, both of you made the kid, like, both of you got to raise the kid, okay? <laughs> and I think that the father plays a crucial role. I mean, there's so many problems that arise from, like, fatherlessness So it's not that the father is going to go to work and come back and not have any part in anything. And he's just going to sit there and expect to be served. And like, we're not talking about that. And I'm not trying to say that a father doesn't have a role in raising his kids. I wanted to clarify that from when I was talking earlier. It's so, so necessary to have a father in the picture. And it impacts the kids. It absolutely does. Right? There's certain things that I go to my mom to or go to my mom for more than, you know, my dad. But my dad played a huge role in who I am. My dad played a huge role in my childhood. So it's not that the dad is like only the breadwinner and nothing else. No, he's a father too. So I just wanted to say that. And also, you were, you also mentioned something about um, why do we see men as like they come... I don't know. What, what did you say? Like you were like they come home and then... Oh, they oh like, like babysitters. babysitters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I think so that... Much. This whole this whole topic that we're talking about, right, it, it essentially goes on, or society's feministic view is based in one of two, or actually it's based in two things, right? One is that a woman doesn't want to be a mother or doesn't want to be tied down or whatnot. And two, that a man doesn't want that for his woman either. And I think that that's something so interesting is that if you talk to a lot of guys, and I was thinking maybe if we redo the Insights episode with our brothers, this is something we can ask them. Because I know where my brother stands, to be honest. And I'm pretty sure I know where Hisham would stand, too. <laughs> I hope so. But um, these guys, they actually want someone who's going to stay home with their kids. They actually want someone who's going to take care of their household. They want someone who's going to take care of them. Yeah. So why are we operating on this basis that, like, this is such a bad thing for a woman and it's such a bad thing for a man. It's toxic. You know? I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. No, it's, go ahead. It's not. That's something that we don't realize is the righteous men out there, the ones who, that's, first of all, we need to make a distinction. <laughs> we are going out to marry men, not boys. <laughs> I, would just like, I would just like to say that, right? 100%. So there are two criteria of people we're talking about here. We're talking about the toxic feminists and boys who, who might be men, sure, they might be 27, but they think like little boys. And I don't mean that to degrade anyone. Like, I just mean, like, 
like there might be men out there who who really just don't don't fully understand this concept that Samaya and I are talking about these traditional roles and this and that. They're like, what? I don't care what my woman wears. Oh, what? Like yeah. all of these things. I don't, I'm not gonna I don't have, care if she makes more money than me. Blah, like blah. whatever. <laughs> she can go provide for the household. She wants. That is a boy mindset. And I'm not trying to degrade actual boys. I'm just saying, right? And then there's a toxic feminist. Those are the ones who really implement, or modern feminists, which I feel like at this point is all toxic. But anyway, those are the ones that are really implementing this this mindset that Samaya is talking about. The other criteria are the righteous men. The men that you actually want to go look for. The ones that are very, there are very few of them out there. Like Sophie, but yeah. there are some, but there's there's a little amount. Those are the people that actually are like, no, I want my, my, my wife deserves to stay home. She deserves to be spoiled. She deserves to, 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 you know, to get guys that opportunity to be spoiled to too, guys. guys deserve to, well, that's the thing. When you stay home, you're in a, in a sense spoiling yeah. your husband, right? You're being there. So like I said this earlier, I don't know if you heard me or not, but I said, I don't, well, okay. I said, <laughs> I said, um, the man, the, I said something along the lines of the man provides so he can, uh, he can economically, you know, sustain to, to buy a house, the woman makes that house a home when yeah. she stays home. And yeah, that's yeah. the reality, right? That's a righteous, true man who understands his dean, who's someone who, who understands the value of a woman and the value of her time and her energy and why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created us the way woman, we did. Yeah. Exactly. Understands that concept that he needs to take care of us that way he can provide the house and you can provide, and you can make that house a home. And okay, you start from the bottom and you work your way up. I'm not saying go for a super rich guy. Like, no, that's not the way anything works, right? But you, he understands that you guys are going to grow together. But the way you guys build up is is immensely different. The way he's growing in that relationship is far different than the way you're growing in that relationship, if that makes any sense. He's working to achieve that financial success for you guys. And you're working to make sure that you can foster love within that household, Right. So I just wanted to like, I don't know. I, I'm sorry. I totally jumped in. But no, no, yeah. you're good. That's that's the thing. It's like there are men out there who actually do want to be the breadwinners and they do actually want to be those providers of the household. So I think that when it comes to this modern day feminism, it's all they're all the ideology is is fully based in like false assumptions because you're generalizing and saying every single woman wants this every single man wants this every single woman should have this every single man should have that um but there's there's plenty of men i think out there and especially those who are rooted in the dean that actually understand what their roles are as men and that are more than happy to provide for that is it difficult i mean honestly i can't even begin to imagine the amount of like pressure that it must that it must um i guess be to to know that you're gonna have to be like financially supporting your family to create that financial stability that's pressure being a mother is pressure being a father is pressure wife husband whatever role you have is gonna come with some pressure but there are i would say i would say most men who are in tune with their faith would actually prefer at least when there's kids in the picture for their wives to stay home and for their wives to be there with their kids, to be raising their kids, whatnot. Um, I think that most men actually would, would want that. And that's not toxic masculinity. I think that some people, like, whenever a man, like, exerts manliness, like, women are like, oh my gosh, that's so, like, why would... I was having... Okay, we were in class a couple weeks ago, and there was a conversation that came up where one of the guys was talking about how in a situation where he's surrounded by other guys, where he has his family with him, whatever, he wants to be not seen as intimidating, but he doesn't want any other man to see him as someone weak that he can exploit. He doesn't want anyone 
to see him as weak so they don't, they don't mess with his family, essentially, or so they don't mess with him. And, like, so many girls got triggered by that. And I was like, what's wrong with that him saying that? That is good quality. What's though, wrong with like... him? And, and that's something, like, we won't really understand that as women because we're not really like that. Mm-hmm. But for a man to want to be seen as manly and as almost intimidating in the presence of other men when they have their woman with them or when they have their family with them so that no one, like, can threaten what's theirs what they have to protect. I don't think that anything's wrong with that at all, you know? So it's like, it's, it's this thing where they want women to be less women and they want, or they want women to be less feminine. They want men to be less masculine, but it's just like, how does that work? How does that work? Cause it does, it doesn't, it literally does not work. So, um, I think that that's interesting. Like let men be men. I don't mean like, let them do whatever stupid boyish things they're going to do. No, but Men do have certain instincts and they have certain, um, I guess, like thoughts that go through their head and they want to be, most men want to be protect- protectors. They want to be providers. And that's because it's natural. Like if that's literally natural. If you don't want to protect your wife, then I feel like that's a problem. No, it, it really is. So I don't mean that. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think that it's just like so important to recognize that, that it's not like men need or even want, like most men are going to be the ones that, like, when they, if they take their girl out, like, they're going to be paying. And they don't even want their girl to pay. Like, do you guys see how, be- like, you know what but I mean? But then there are other people who's like, no, we can split it 50-50. What yeah, do you mean? Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, if I, like, offer, like, you know, if I ever, you know, inshallah, 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 ever, you know, get married and have kids and stuff, and I offer one day to, you know, go take you out for a retreat, your money is my money, my money is my money. But, like, also, like, if I want to, that's coming from my love and my... Trying to show you affection, right? But don't expect me to go and say, oh, yeah, we can split the bill 50-50. What are you talking about? We're a team here. This is a joint checking account. I'm just saying. But I think another thing, too, is, like, I have I have this analogy. And it's, like, um, I saw it the other day, and I thought it was really good. But when life comes along and, like, it shakes you, right whatever whatever is in you will come out so like whatever is within you will come out so if you have anger hostility um all of these things that's what's going to flow out of your cup right so the analogy is essentially your life provides the cup but what are you going to fill it with and the perspective that Sumaya and I are taking is that you know you have this new responsibility of family right when you stay home you're choosing to fill that cup with love you're choosing to fill that cup with, with affection, you're choosing to fill that cup with with your priorities, your children, right? So that way when things come and, and things shake you, because that's going to happen to any relationship regardless, you know that what's going to come out is not going to be something ugly. It's not going to be something gross. It's not going to be anger and hostility and all of these things, right? But when you're not at home with your kids, it's that and you don't put, it's not necessarily if you're not at home with your kids. It's that if you don't put energy, time, and effort towards those relationships with your children and your husband, What's going to come out when life comes and shakes you? Because life is always going to shake you. Life is, you know, it's, it's bound to happen to anybody. What's going to flow out are not going to be nice things. You know, when you don't dedicate your time to those relationships to make sure you understand each other, to make sure you understand, okay, you're not as emotional, but I am an, a more emotional person. Okay, you, you're not at home, but I am at home. And you understand those things and you come to a sort of like an equilibrium and you're completing each other, not competing with one another. You're going to fill this cup with beautiful, beautiful things. So that way, if, if, your, cup, if your cup does ever tip over, the things flowing out are, are of beauty, of our essence, are of things that are pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so that way, when you're able to fill it back up again, you can continue to fill it up with the things that you once filled it with in the first place. You know, I think that's something we have to realize as the role of, of mothers and wives is that 
you're filling that you're filling that cup and you're making sure it's all about not I don't want to use true love in a cheesy sense but true love as in you love your children for the sake of Allah you love your husband for the sake of Allah you you do everything for the sake of Allah you see the beauty of Allah through those people around you and you can they can give you so many reasons to constantly say alhamdulillah 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 right it's not when you fill that cup with things and you, you you with beautiful things it ends up seeing you're not seeing that relationship as a burden you're not seeing that relationship as constantly having to butt heads with each other constantly having to go against our ingrained nature of like Samaya was saying men becoming less manly and women becoming less womanly when you fill the cups with the things that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in, in a way that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wanted you to fill that cup in the first place, you balance each other out, you know, and it becomes pleasing in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that's all that matters, you know? So, yeah, I don't really know where I was going with that. but No, yeah. and I think that's so important. Like, I recognize that as a woman, inshallah, my job is to be the best wife and the best mother that I can possibly be. Right? And I think that that's what, that's what we're trying to get at with this episode is, like, that is what we want to pour the most energy and time into when that when the time comes i i kind of want to take this a little bit i want to switch gears a little bit because this is something else that (laughs) yeah that bothers me too is and and, i mean i'll be kind of quick with it probably not because i talk a lot but anyway um when it comes to because this is something that makes people mad but when it comes to like oh like you know men are supposed to be provider you mentioned um how like your money is my money and my money is my money and I just want to speak on that because it actually bothers me so much. Yes, the money that the that the husband makes is the money for necessities. Yeah. Right? So the, the money that the husband makes is money that you're using to pay the bills, to pay for groceries, to pay for furniture, to pay for, um, f- like, I don't even know, clothing, like, just things that you need. I have been seeing women, and I'm, like, I'm not judging anyone and I'm not putting anyone down. But it's, this is just an observation, and I think it ties in really well with this whole concept. Women who, like, take advantage of their husband's money, and they're expecting their man to pay for them to get their nails done every two weeks, their hair done once a month, buy all the designer everything. And then, like, you have the girls who are, like, expecting, like, a 100k mahar. <laughs> what? No, but like, people you are know what I mean? About or, like, that. even 50k. Are you crazy? Like, again, and it really depends on the on the guy's financial standing. If the guy's rich, whatever, do whatever you want. But, like, these girls are, like, exploiting the man for his money. Your man is only required to provide you financially with your necessities. He does not need to pay for your makeup. He does not need to pay for your designer bags. He does not need to pay for your shoes. He does not, or, like, you know, like, designer excessive shoe collection. He does not need to pay for your nails. He does not need to pay for a super expensive car. He is only required to give you the necessities. So that's something that I think is also worth mentioning is a lot of women when they don't understand their role and they don't understand like the Islamic concepts, like they they love to throw around this phrase of, oh, your money is my money, but that's not really what it means. It's not like he has to spend on you thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars for you to look pretty. Like, his money is your money when it comes to providing the necessities for you, right? So I, I wanted to, to to bring that up because it's like, yeah, your, your man, your husband, he has a role, but his role is not to be your bank account. Like, his role is not to be your bank account, you know? Like, he's supposed to provide for you and your kids, but that's the necessities. And of course, I mean, of course, alhamdulillah, like, we're in a position where our fathers definitely provide more than just the necessities. 
Yeah. For sure. But it's not excessive. You know, like when I, if I want to go buy something for myself, like I pay for that. You know what I mean? Or, or even my it's mom. teaching My mom, now that she has like a job, like when she goes and buys like skincare, or when she goes and does like, yeah, because our moms do that. Like they pay for it. Like you're, you're not draining your, your husband of his money. That's not his purpose as a husband. He, so I just, it bothers me a lot when I see women do that too, or they just, they, they just use their, their husband as like. As just like as if he's like a walking bank that has an endless supply of money, and it's like, well, I don't know. There's a there's a very big disconnect there, in that, my opinion. So you know how I would say we're we're go- looking for men, not boys. Who whatever boys are listening to this, or men, whatever, whatever, whoever is listening to this, that's a guy. I'm gonna tell you right now. Look for women, not little girls, and mm-hmm. that is a little. I don't want to say little girl. I'm not trying to degrade little girls either, but I'm just saying like. That is not a a a a womanly perspective that we should be taking. And that's not rooted right? in Islam. That's not to be rooted honest. in Islam. Yeah. That's called you don't have your priorities right because first of all, if you're expecting to exploit money for the sake of worldly and material things, then you need to fix your priorities because you should be. I'm not saying don't treat yourself. I'm not saying that, but what I'm saying is if you spend thousands of dollars on bags and thousands, you know, on a month on or, or a couple months on makeup and all of these things, clearly Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I'm not saying clearly Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not the center of your life, but like at the same time, like there's a, there's a disconnect. Your priorities are clearly not as straight because for women, people that are righteous women, they want that money to go towards the family, to go towards a collective. It's not an individualistic approach the way these other people are like these honestly they're just gold diggers like, it's I mean, materialistic yeah and I it's would not say more than well anything. not just in, when i say individualistic what i mean is you're seeing that money is solely like yeah literal like in a literal sense your money is my money and therefore you feel like that money should be like spent entitled, on you it yeah. is your entitlement and that's incorrect right versus a more of a communal communal like family um approach that's what a, a righteous woman should also be say, seeing it's like, okay no you have that no 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 keep that for the kids keep that for the family that's what sh- that should be right doesn't mean you know don't go out don't go have fun and all of these things but it's also like when you dudes are looking for somebody also keep that in perspective like somebody was brought up like the meher and stuff and like the dowry essentially it's like really like if if you really want truly care about the person truly want that person you're not going to want a dollar right of course he has to provide for you but like in some way it doesn't necessarily just it's have to be a monetary money, like. <laughs> and the thing is dowries do not just have to come in a not monetary enough, of form course, yeah. it can come in you know going to hajj it can come in you know Which even is if you want but <laughs> well saving up to go to hajj okay we'll say that or you know if you want a cat like i'm not saying maybe you should spend your dowry on a cat but what i am saying is that what you ask for that for in that as well is is also a big indicator of what your priorities are oh, in your for sure. life. For right? Sure. So it might be a slight red flag if, you know, you're in your twenties and and you're really young and you have your first job and then you find a girl who wants a hundred K from you. That's like, oh, okay, I wonder what she's gonna be like later. And then it comes to show that when your priorities aren't straight and there's a quote that I saw the other day. I have a lot of marriage quotes on my phone. Don't ask, <laughs> but <laughs> Anyway, if anyone wants to marry her, guys. <laughs> <I'm>, anyway, <laughs> let, me, let me get through college. Um, but it says, when you water your own lawn, you will for sure miss some spots. But when Allah makes it rain, it covers everything. This is the justice of God. Everything is noticed by him and he will take care of all of us. And so when I was thinking about that, it comes to the same thing as that when you, when you, when you 
pour your energy and efforts in your relationships for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he's going to let the rewards and the blessings pour upon you. And therefore, your family is going to thrive, right? Your, your family is going to be successful. Inshallah, if you have it with sincerity, if you're doing everything for the sake of Allah, and you have these relationships for Allah, and you're raising your kids for Allah, by Allah, you know, all of these things, like we were talking about in that last episode, you know, um, it's, he's going to, to bless that family, inshallah. He's going to, to love you guys because you love him and everything you're doing is for his sake and his sake alone. So I think that's something also we have to realize is when we enter these, this next stage of our lives, we have to make sure are our priorities correct? Is the time 100%. that I spent with yourself, your, your quote-unquote selfish time, like Samaya didn't refer to it this way, but like she's saying right now, we can spend more time on ourselves. Okay, when you're spending your time on yourself, are you just spending it to to become successful in this material sense? Or are you prepping yourself as well so you can become as close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as you possibly can? So you can utilize and build these skills. Like, Samaya and I are learning how to cook, guys. Like, we can make salads. I've added making uh, masakha rolls to my resume. Like, you know, we're, we're, we're working up to that. We're you're getting building, there. We're getting there. We're building up for that future. But you have to try. You know, I think that's something we just tend to forget about a lot is that we just we're not we're not focusing on the right things we're not trying the right way so yeah and i just like again because i brought up this whole thing and i again i don't i don't mean to sound judgmental or downgrading or any or anything like truly and i pray that i'm never like like this and i never fall into any of this but a lot of the time these girls who are who are asking for that much money from a man for their mud or whatever you guys have to understand this goes back to the value of a woman the reason why the dowry is from the man to the woman is, again, to recognize how precious she is. You, you think back to history um, and different cultures, like the bride's family had to give the guy a dowry. That was the custom. Islam came and said, uh, no. <laughs> and now the man, it's a condition of the marriage, has to give a dowry to the woman. And whatever she requests, you know, whatever they agree upon is what he has to give her. And he has to fulfill that right. That is a right upon, like, that's a right of hers, right? Um, but you do that because you recognize the value of the woman. And the the the, the, the the dowry does not have to be monetary. But I can't help but think these girls who are asking for that much money, like, are they, are they worth that much money? And I'm not putting a price on people okay because we are all worth more than like a few thousand dollars okay like i'm not saying anything i'm not again i'm not downgrading or degrading people or saying that they're only worth a certain amount but why are you paying 100k that's a serious question is she gonna give you what you need as a man is she gonna be the kind of mother that you need like you have to think about these things because these girls are really going after the money because it's again it's, it's kind of an exploitation it's like, oh, it's it's my right, and it is your right. We're not saying it's not, but it's 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 being exploited almost to the point where then it's like, well, take a step back and think, like, is this woman actually worth that money? Like, is she going to actually be the wife that I need? Is she going to fulfill my rights? Is she going to be the mother that I need her to be for my kids? A lot of the time, these girls that are asking for these insane amounts of money and who are demanding that that kind of a lifestyle throughout the marriage are not even worth that. Yeah. You know, from from a from an Islamic like perspective. Again, it is her right. Give her the dowry. Like you can't not do that. But when it's so extremely high, and it's like you, you just can't help but think like, is that person even worth that? And also, you'll find that most people who are more righteous don't even want that much money. 
So even the girls who would be like, I'm putting in quotes, like more worth it, don't even want that because they recognize that there's something deeper there. So again, I'm not trying to judge. I think because we do need to kind of wrap this episode up a little bit, um, but also wanted to kind of touch on this idea of, and a lot of, you know, the the Western society views, um, like we were talking about women going from the care of their fathers to going into the care of their husbands. They see that as a very like, subjugating kind of thing like oh you now now you're now you're under the control of your husband and blah 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 I think that that's something I also wanted to speak on um I think it's really important to recognize like who the authority has been given to in the household that does not mean that you don't have as a woman the right to make decisions it should be a collective effort like Asit has been saying it's a it's a team right so like if your husband is making decisions without you I think that's that's problematic But he has, again, been appointed as the caretaker. He is supposed to be the dominant sort of figure in the household in a certain way. And the woman is also in a certain way, in a different way. Um, But I think it's it's important, like, for me personally, and I I know Asita agrees, I've been seeing, you know, you see a lot of men, and Asita kind of brought this up too, about like, oh, you can wear whatever I want, like, or whatever you want. You know, a lot of men will be like, wear whatever you want, I can fight. And it's kind of like... Okay. You don't have that protective jealousy like, over... What is it ex- called? Um, it's it's real. Yes. Like, I'm so sorry, but I would absolutely want for my future husband to have protective jealousy over me. Thank and, you. like... <laughs> I don't mean that in a bad way. No. But listen, this episode people... I, no, listen, listen. I know, this is, like, crazy. This is just, like, a ranting session. People, like, Western society really see it as, like, your man can't tell you what to do. But I'm so sorry, like, where did you get that from? Where did you get that from? Because I even will see, like, Muslim men who will let their wives wear whatever they want, even if their wives are hijabi. But they're like, you can see, and I'm, again, I'm so not judging people because everyone's on their own journey, and I, I pray that I'm never, like, in any of these positions. Like, genuinely, I'm not saying this out of a place of judgment. But why can we see every, like, curve of her body? No, no, I'm being so serious. No, No, listen, listen, like, why is she, why is her hair showing? Why is she wearing so much makeup? Why is she wearing, like, clothing that literally leaves nothing to the imagination? Do you not care? As a Muslim man especially, do you not care? Like, when she got married to you, she gave you the right out of everyone to see her in a way that no one else can. Do you not feel protective of that? Like, if I ever, and I pray that I would never do this, but if I ever wore something that was a little bit, like, questionable i would absolutely want my man to be like you're not wearing that like what are you talking about Mm -hmm. but so many people have an issue with that and i'm like what's the issue like he knows what his responsibility and his job is and he's just doing what he needs to do like i i just can't i I really can't understand men that will just like let their girls go out however or be with whatever guys or i'm just like how how can you not feel like like she's yours like not in a property ownership kind of way, okay? But, <laughs> like, no, but, like, seriously. I understand. I understand. But seriously, like, if you're, yeah. like, why why does everyone else get to see her like that? No, you're right. And That should just be for you. And, like, again, for me, and I know for you, like, if, if my husband was, and again, I hope, like, I never do anything like this, but if I was to go out wearing something questionable, I would really hope that he would be like, uh, no. Because I think that's a sign of righteousness. That's a sign of, like, him having that protectiveness over you. That's not a bad thing. Yeah. No, I mean, I yeah. agree with you 100%. Samaya really needed to let that off her chest. But, 
<laughs> I agree with her 110%. And, like, going back to that whole we're looking for men, not boys, and you should be looking for women, not girls, that right there, that that um, dynamic of, oh, I'm going to wear whatever I want, um, and you're going to let me wear whatever I want. And you can't that, tell me anything. And you, you can't, can't tell, tell me what to do. And he's just blah, like, hey, that's not like she can, I can fight. That is a, that is a dynamic that is created when a boy meets a girl. Like, I'm going to be completely honest, like, like in, in the sense that the way I'm talking right now, the way that we've both been talking, we're both comparing men, women, boys, and girls, that's kind of that dynamic that is created, right? And that is something that we should all, we should all first and foremost check with ourselves. Like, think about it as a man, right? Do I, well, if I were to find a righteous woman, someone who has dedicated her life to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and has her priorities, say, straight, someone who I can see to be a good, a good mother, right? Um, like, am I going to have that protective jealousy over her? Am I going to want to make sure that I can financially support them? Am I going to make sure that I can protect not just my wife, but also my children from, from everything that's going on and whatever else goes through a man, a righteous man's mind, right? Before you jump in, people are like, oh no, I just want to go and get married because like, you know, I can't have a girlfriend, but I really want a girl. Like, okay, that's great. But like, do you think that you are righteous enough for that responsibility and the same thing applies to women as well for sure a hundred percent you as a woman do you feel the need right now if you're ready to get married do you feel the need to cover your body up do you feel the need to recognize that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has gifted you beauty and certain parts of that beauty should only be seen by your husband and no one more are you dressing for the male gaze are you dressing for the for the modesty in the way that is pleasing to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because I'm sorry, but if you are in a position where you are married and you, um, you're, you're, you're married, right? You have a man that can gaze at you whenever he wants. I'm just saying, right? So you shouldn't be dressing for other men's gaze. Yeah. Are your priorities where you feel like that money that, that is, that is your husband's should be used towards the family as a whole, or you can go spend it on whatever you will, right? So we need to do these self-evaluations. We really need to think, where do I stand? Do I consider myself... Do I like you need to be a person that you would be that you would you would want to marry? And I don't mean that in a weird way, but what I mean is like (laughs) you want to be able to reflect the characteristics and qualities that you would be looking for in a potential spouse. And I said this before in our Ramadan recap episode. I was like thinking about it during Ramadan. Smay and I became Abaya girls, okay? As we were saying in that episode. Yes, if not, you should we're go. We're in our Abaya girly era. We really are. <laughs> and I really hope that era lasts a lifetime because yeah. I think it's so beautiful the way Sumaya and Embrace that concept of beauty and femininity. And all. I, I keep using that word and I need to find a new word because I can never say it. But like we, we embrace that. But we also, I personally realized in Ramadan, and I know Sumaya also came to this this conclusion, it was like, Okay, we want men to lower their gazes, but we should dress in it. You want men to be righteous and lower their gazes and also dress modestly and, you know, cover their auras. We have to do the same, right? So the same concept applies to when you're looking for a marriage, whenever you're looking for somebody that's going to be the father of your children. Yeah. Right? You need to have someone who who values the Qur'an just as much, if not more, than you, who has a strong iman, who has who has these things, it's not just about the looks. It's not just about the beauty. Like, it, it, it's so much more than that. Because when you find that person and that pair ends up not being a, bo- a boy and girl mentality the way we were talking about earlier, and it becomes a man and a woman, a righteous man and a righteous woman, you'll be able to battle through those hard days. And there's another quote that I have saved on my phone. And I'm really starting to realize that it's really weird that I have all of these marriage quotes on my phone. But it says, you have to fight through some bad days to earn the best days of your life. 
and that's basically everything in our lives, right? We have to fight through this dunya in order to reach the akhirah, in order to reach an internal life of bliss. But also the same thing applies to your marriage, right? Are you, and, you're, and, and you being a mother, right? Are you going to, do you have that mentality? Are you willing to work through it, right? So these are just self-evaluation questions that we really, we have to pose to ourselves because otherwise you're going to end up in a situation that you're, I'm not going to say you're going to regret, but you might end up in a situation where you're just like, oh, I realize that, you know, I I didn't, you know how we always say, like, shoot for the moon, you may land on the stars. You yeah. don't shoot for the moon and you, like, tr- shoot for, like, I don't know, what's the planet closest to us? Mars, you're going to still be on Earth. Like, you're not going to get anywhere is yeah. what I'm trying to say. So we have to make sure that we build ourselves up to be the best that we can possibly be for these positions, inshallah, and so that way we can tailor tailor ourselves to the roles that Allah SWT originally created us for. And I have one last thing, and I promise this episode is, is over. I don't have anything else. Do you have something to say? I just want to close it off after you. Okay. Well, I just wanted to say that we were talking about the value of a woman in STEM, and I think this, this episode took a lot of different routes, but they all kind yeah. of tie back in together. No, because the value of a woman in Islam, you, the way you value yourself and the way Allah SWT, in the sight of Allah, your value as a woman also shows your value as a wife and as a mother. And we were trying to show both pers- perspectives from a man, per- like the way we would see, we, a man takes on those values and responsibilities versus a woman. And obviously we can't attest or speak to that just because we are not men, we do not think like men because men and women are created differently. But there is um, another quote that I have saved on my phone that says, Islam can make a woman so strong that she no longer strives to be noticed by men, no longer needs to the admiring gaze to feel attractive, and no longer puts herself on display, even though the entire world is doing just that. Women that strive in the way of Allah are the most beautiful women on the planet. So you dudes who are looking for a wife out there, you know, for a potential spouse, think about that. When we're talking about beauty, we're not talking about something superficial. We're not talking about the physical. We're talking about what's inside of you. We're talking about that beauty that is going to raise your children, that's going to foster a home, the one that's going to greet you when you come home, you know, that's the beauty that you should be searching for in a woman. It's not the superficial stuff. And the same applies to, to to women looking for men, right? For potential husbands, right? Is he going to be a good fatherly figure? Is he going to be those things? Is he willing to take on the roles that were designated to him by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Are you both going to fulfill that perfect path of life together so you can complete, so you can be married in this life and inshallah be married for an eternity in the next? That's what we need to be asking ourselves. Yeah, that's so beautiful. I really, really love that. And that's a great way to end off. Um, I just wanted to say, like, the purpose of this episode really, and, and I know we took we took a lot of different, we went on a lot of different paths. We, we kind of talked about a lot of different things, especially at the end. <laughs> but, it's okay. Um, it happens. The purpose was just to show that what the West and, and Western society displays about, about, you know, men and women and their roles, it's, it's not like the absolute universal truth and it's not accepted by everyone and it doesn't have to be you know we were just trying to show our perspectives of like well we don't really want to be what society wants us to be as women and we don't want men who are trying to live up to the societal expectation of what a man is that really was the purpose of this episode is just to to kind of talk about well what does islam say about women you know what does islam say about men what is what does islam say about how they're supposed to be in a family what they're supposed to offer, what they're supposed, what 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 roles they're supposed to fulfill. That was the purpose of this episode to kind of establish that baseline and to speak about what our own sort of opinions are and expectations are, inshallah, for the future. Um, 
And again, just to really portray this idea that you don't need to always fall in step with what the, you know, larger society um, wants of you. You know, like that doesn't, just because everyone does it doesn't mean it's the right thing. Just because everyone thinks in a certain way doesn't mean you have to have the same mentality. So that's really what this episode was trying to get at. I really hope that we did that we did do that, that we kind of debunked some things and um, gave a good, you know, solid foundation Islamically and then just added on to that with, I, I wouldn't say experiences because we don't have experiences quite yet, but with with our own beliefs and what we want, um, inshallah, you know, in a spouse, in a family that inshallah we're able to create. We were at a cycling class one time and our instructor, she was talking about this in the, in the, um, context of lgbtq okay but she said some she said something really good and she said that she was like um you can't like help what family you're born into but she was like i think it's the most beautiful thing that you're given a chance to create a family mm-hmm. you know to create your own family and i think that that is that is a really beautiful thing and so that's kind of what we were talking about just you know how do we create a family that is centered around allah what are those roles and expectations and um, again, just the fact that what the West believes is not the be all end all. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, this is a, such a long episode. I hope it made sense. I hope it flows nicely. Um, I think it, yeah, it. I'm going to listen and, and I hope I'm not like confused or anything. Um, I know we, we did ramble and I think in the beginning it was a little bit rough, but hopefully if you've listened all the way through props to you, thank we appreciate you. It. Um, and yeah. Yeah. So with that, um, before I do my little exit i kind of just want to say like you know may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all children who are going to be the coolness of our of our eyes and may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from now foster within us that beauty that is going to raise righteous children and that and foster within us that love for him so that way when we find somebody it can be that we love them for the sake of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and, you know, let us all, inshallah, find what's best for us. Find somebody that's going to be able to not only build your family and, and what you have, what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has gifted you all, but build the community around you as well. To be servants of Allah, to be the servants of the most merciful together so you can be married in this life and inshallah the next. I mean, and that's also like, go listen to that episode of, of the servants of the most merciful. We were just talking about how yeah. like it barely has any place and, and it's really such good a good episode. episode. Yeah. Um, there's a draw in there about, you know, granting uh, righteous spouses and, and children and, and whatnot. But anyway, we're going to stop talking now. Yeah, so, so with that, <laughs> thank you guys so much for listening. And inshallah, if you listen this long, I really appreciate it. But um, inshallah, you will hear from us next week.